like, I mean, being a parent and cooking is it's, it's 21 meals plus snacks per child for 18 years and it never goes away. So it's about, you know, coming up with strategies to making feeding easier. Hey guys, welcome back to the Digest This Podcast. I'm your host, Bethany Cameron. And today on the show, I have Catherine McCord. She is the founder of the popular Instagram and food blog, Weelicious. She's a mom of three, a frequent judge on the Food Network's Guys Grocery Games, the founder of One Potato Meal Delivery Service, and the author of several books, including The Smoothie Project, as well as her most recent book coming out April 4th called Meal Prep Magic. This book is a step-by-step process on how to create fast, healthy family meals, which includes 100 of her favorite recipes. Also, in this episode, we cover everything from homemade baby food, meal prep tips, how to create one meal if you have a family member with different dietary restrictions, healthy school lunches for kids, how to get your kids to eat veggies, and she also shares how smoothies changed her son's and her family's life. But before we get into this episode, shout out to user Sandra Calvert, who wrote, your episode on gut and liver connection was five stars. That simple but concise review means so much to me. If you haven't listened to that gut liver connection episode, I highly suggest going back and revisiting that. It is full of knowledge. It is episode 46 of the podcast. So thank you again for all your support, all your ratings, all your reviews. It really means so much to me and helps get this podcast out into more ears and hopefully change more lives. If you want a $200 Amazon gift card, all you have to do is give this show a five-star rating and review, and I'll be sending someone this special gift. Just be sure to include your Instagram handle at the end of the review because that is the way I will be reaching out and perhaps sliding into your DMs. So pause this episode and rate and review for your chance to get a $200 Amazon gift card. Hey guys, I actually need to tell you that if you're not subscribed to my newsletters, they come out every Friday and they're called Friday Finds. This is information that only my subscribers get in their inbox. I share new food finds I don't share on Instagram. Food news, food trends, and products that aren't even on the market yet. But I've got the scoop. I also share special discounts and other recipes throughout the week. Again, only to my newsletter subscribers. This is not published anywhere else and cannot be found on my blog. I do not and never have shared any of your information. This is just another way to stay connected. So be sure you're in the know and subscribe to my weekly newsletters by going to littlesipper.com slash subscribe and enter your email. That's it. So pause this episode and go to L-I-L-S-I-P-P-E-R dot com slash subscribe. Turns out 
Everything you think you knew about probiotics may be wrong. It can get pretty confusing with the market saturated with probiotic everything. Let me give you my personal take and share what I got introduced to back in October. Seeds DS01 plant-based capsule is not only a probiotic, but a prebiotic. There are 24 strains of specifically formulated probiotics targeted for digestive health, gut immunity, as well as additional systemic benefits. There's actually a prebiotic capsule encapsulating the probiotic inside, which ensures that the probiotics actually make it to your colon with 100% survivability to do its job. Many think of pre and probiotics as only gut support. It does support the gut barrier, but Seeds DS01 also supports other areas of the body for whole body benefits, skin health, heart health, and micronutrient synthesis. Healthy regularity and an ease of bloating are just a few other common perks you may experience So if you want something to help balance out your bowels and start a new healthy habit for the new year and your life, visit seed.com slash digest20 and use code digest20 to redeem 20% off your first month of Seeds DS01 Daily Symbiotic. Welcome, Catherine, to the show. Um, You are known as Weelicious on Instagram. And of course, your blog is Weelicious. You are a mother of three, a frequent judge on the Food Network's Guys Grocery Games, the founder of One Potato, and the author of many books, including The Smoothie Project, as well as your most recent book coming out April 4th called Meal Prep Magic. So where do we begin There's a lot lot to climb through, but I I said to you a second ago, like, I feel like we have so much in common, which makes it that much more fun. Yeah. I mean, we were just right before we were, um, this interview started, we were talking about smoothies and we... I, you guys pretty much know my story. A, a lot of my followers know that I was able to do a lot of my healing through smoothies. And you have an interesting story of your own with your son, right? Yeah. So, I mean, he, for many years, you know, had, there were different issues, especially ones like not feeling good. Um, and especially when I think about in the mornings that I was giving him like bread and, you know, like flour and cheese and like these things that are very much part of an American diet, sugar, um, for breakfast and then sending kids off to school and there's like exhausted, falling asleep. Um, and so I, um, I had read in this book something about smoothies and, you know, we love smoothies, but all of a sudden we started having a smoothie every day. And so many of his symptoms just went away within that journey. Um, And I just realized, you know, smoothies are just easy to digest and delicious, and you can pack them with endless nutrients that really fire up your brain and body. Yeah. And it's almost like a pre-digested meal because part of digestion starts in the mouth with chewing. And if it's already, quote, pre-chewed, that makes digestion so much easier. 100%. And and again, like they're easy to make. There's so many flavors of them. I mean, the Smoothie Project has 100 recipes. When I was working on the book, I think that I turned in 150 and they were like, you got to calm down, like calm down. 
Scale it back. You know what I mean? Dial it back. Exactly. So it has a hundred of, I would say, our, you know, go-to smoothies. And what was the age that he started developing these different symptoms and you started introducing smoothies? You know, we, he was, I mean, around the time that I was writing the book, I mean, he was a little bit older, but we we started to really introduce them when he was around eight, nine years old. So okay. it's, a, it's a it's an age in which kids are, you know, very like, like sugar, flour, like all that, like, you know, just kid food, waffles, pancakes. I mean, you know, even oatmeal, which is super delicious. We tend to, you know, put tons of brown sugar on and, you know, totally. it's hard to, you know, it's just hard to get um, kids and, and adults, by the way, it's like figuring out foods and recipes that are just really simple and easy and delicious. You know, it can be challenging. Yeah. You mentioned something too about adults and it's so true. Adults are so, I mean, don't hate on me for saying this, but they're, they're really picky and they want the caramel latte with three extra pumps of whatever. And they're not eating enough vegetables. Um, And that's what I love about your smoothies is you do pack in not just fruits, but vegetables. And they look amazing, almost like a soft serve ice cream. Well, that's the whole point is that like, if people don't even think about like frozen cauliflower, like I, I end up adding that to my smoothie almost every day because it has more protein cup for cup than any other vegetable. You don't taste it. It can add a really creamy texture to your smoothie. Um, but there's so many ways to get in vegetables where fruits have a stronger taste to them. So anytime you're adding in mango or berries, like you're not going to taste the spinach or totally. So it's just about, you know, just leaning into it because once you get on the smoothie train, you're like, you're hooked. Oh yeah. And even in winter time, I am drinking a smoothie, honestly. Me too. I'm the same way. And then you have two other kids, right? Two daughters. Yes. So I have two daughters and I would say that like I started writing the smoothie project or sort of getting ready to write it when Gemma, my youngest, um, was born and we would just like, she would try to like lean in and try to like sip on our smoothies. And I was like, oh no, there's like bee pollen in here. And, you know, babies under the age of 12 months aren't supposed to have honey because of botulism, which doesn't really, I mean, very, very few cases of botulism in this country. And, but it's like to this day, if there's not a smoothie waiting for her first thing in the morning, she's like, where's my smoothie? So it's it's been a great way, like from day one, like she eats literally every fruit and vegetable and food. And I always say that like smoothies were a real gateway to getting her um, to just trying a variety of foods. Yeah. Now, okay, I know we just totally jumped into food and smoothies and recipes and all these things, but before we dive really deep into food and, and all that good stuff... You were a model at one point, right? You modeled for Calvin Klein and even Victoria's Secret. Yes, I started modeling when I was 13. Um, and I won a modeling contest and somehow ended up in Japan by the time I was 14 and on ABC with like all, you know, it was quite the show. Um, and living in New York um, in Paris and doing runway shows and everything through high school. So, and then I got my real like big Calvin Klein discovered me like walking on the streets of Miami 
very like you know a good good silly story but uh yeah so i ended up modeling for many 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 years and just about every designer and i mean it was a great experience but it's also a very um challenging because you're basically in two every two days you're in a different city that's crazy and i mean what an amazing, uh, I don't want to say like past life, obviously, like what an amazing like background to what you do now. And, you know, what, what made that switch? What made you from model to foodie? <laughs> um, my grandparents were like, my grandparents grew everything, all their food. We would go to you pick farms and Part of spending time with them was like shucking sugar snap peas and freezing blueberries. And I just, from a very young age, fell in love with fruits and vegetables. And I got uh, Bon Appetit and Food and Wine magazine from a very young age. And it seems like a weird, like to go from modeling into going to culinary school and into the food industry. But for me, it was the modeling was like this opening to getting to, you know, going to Africa and having tagine and, you know, going to Spain and living in France and Japan and like all these places where I got to have this incredible cuisine. And I became very fascinated at a young age with why people eat certain foods in certain countries and not in others. I lived in Mexico as an exchange student when I was a kid and having like spice and heat and, um, you know, homemade tortillas. And I don't know, I've just always been fascinated with food and different cultures. So you, your palate really got matured through just traveling and modeling and trying all these different flavors of the world. Yeah. And exposure. I mean, my grandparents were at the forefront of, you know, I was, I loved mushrooms from a, uh, being a young kid and would sit around eating raw mushrooms and, you know, it was sort of like, Catherine eats everything, you know, it was, <laughs> it was like a real badge of honor when I was young. So I don't know. I, I, I kind of, I liked that a lot. And have carried that forward. Well, and within traveling too, and coming back to the United States, was it kind of like a shell shock to be like, wow, like this is what the US is eating versus all these other places? Or was it not that bad back then? Oh no, you said it. I mean, I, you, you, I mean, I'm from Louisville, Kentucky. So it's, you know, it was like fast food, fast, casual, everything, I mean, um, my husband has said many times, like, is there anything that doesn't have cheese on it? Like when we, when we've gone back to, you know, Louisville and certain restaurants, um, it's just, it's, it's conditioning it, and, and some of it's generational or historical. I mean, there is a lot of like history that's really interesting around American cuisine, but I think that when it comes to sort of like this, you know, the six, late 60s, 70s, where it was just became really like packaged food and fast food and the evolution. Convenience. Um, It's just, it's, I think it's where it took a really tough turn. And as the years have gone on, I think what has also happened is you have two working parents and many families and it's just time, like time and money. It's just really challenging. Well, speaking of convenience, you are the founder of One Potato. 
Can you explain what One Potato is? Yes. So One Potato is a family-friendly meal delivery company. So everything comes to your front door. So if you wanted to, you know, there are other meal delivery companies. Um, But what makes One Potato so unique is that we can feed any size family from two people up to six people. Um, Everything is real food. We make our own sauces and dressings. Um, So everything and everything takes usually 12 to 30 minutes start to finish. So you don't have to meal plan. Everything comes to your front door and and we have endless types of meals every day and school lunches and ready to blend smoothie packets and snacks and uh, lunches for adults, lunches for kids. So it's a, it's a real, you know, for me as a busy parent, I, since the day we launched the company, I have three dinners from one potato, like Every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, if I did not have those, I would fall apart because that way I know like I can spend more time just cooking, cooking with the kids and eating and not like stressing about like, oh my God, I don't know what I'm making. And and it's like real balanced meals. Yeah. And that's great too, because for someone that like maybe it is too uh, like a working mom, working dad, they don't have time, but they still want to feed their family something nutritious. And also they do still want to prepare the food, especially if they have kids so that the kids can get involved. Yeah. It's, I think a lot of it is modeling. I mean, it's, it's even if you don't want your five-year-old to, you know, overtake the meal that you're, you're trying to prepare because it's just too busy. Just letting them like, um, you know, bread something or sprinkle some salt or, you know, have, pour in the dressing or whatever it is. I think those, those moments where kids are craving spending time with their parents after a busy day and, and just involving them in a kitchen, having them taste things. These are, these are really important moments opposed to just everyone ending up at the table. And it's like, here, here's your food. Like, like, let's eat quick. We really want to see families spending 20 minutes at the dinner table, having real conversation um, and hopefully eating the same thing. Like, you know, what, we licious, the tagline has always been one family, one meal, because we don't want, you know, families to feel like they're short order cooks and making one thing for this person and one thing for that person. So it's like, I mean, being a parent and cooking is it's, it's 21 meals plus snacks per child for 18 years and it never goes away. So it's about, you know, coming up with strategies to making feeding easier. Yeah. And you have so many great strategies and and something you had uh, mentioned too, that just kind of popped out at me is eating at the dinner table, because I feel like today's day and age, if a meal, if a proper meal isn't prepared, we often can just sit in front of the TV or on the couch and just eat whatever. But when a meal, like a, you know, a gourmet meal is prepared, for whatever reason in our mind, we're like, you know, let's sit at the dinner table and eat this. <laughs> it's totally true. Yeah, no, we've, I mean, we, every night we we have our firm rule, you have to sit at the table for 20 minutes and it's, it's you know, maybe it doesn't seem like enough time, a lot of time, or maybe for some families, it feels like too much time, but we want to have those, you know, those kitchen table conversations. I think they're really important. And the food, while important, is almost secondary to the emotions that, you know, we want is getting families connected. Yeah. And, that's, and that really is what One Potato strives for. Like we always say, the food is important, but the conversation and connection is even more important. I love that. I love it. And you being not just a mother, but a working mother, uh, 
with multiple different ventures <laughs> happening and you still prepare for your children. And I know, is it your son is vegetarian? My son is vegetarian since he was five years old. He just, I mean, borderline vegan, but he, uh, no, no way, not happening. How does one, let's just say someone is in your situation. How does one prepare a meal with different dietary guidelines that your son is vegetarian, but your girls do still eat meat? How do you still make a one meal that pleases everyone? So we've, I've always been a big proponent of DIY meals. So, you know, that kind of like taco Tuesday, we made pizzas on last Thursday. It's, you know, that, I mean, we do like beans and rice and lettuce and taco shells or chips. And then I'll do like ground turkey. And then for Kenya, I'll do beans, like the beans and the cheese after the protein, or I'll do some kind of plant-based meat or whatever it is. So it's really only that one thing that gets subbed out. But he, I mean, it's, it's, it's funny. It's, it's so much easier than you think. I think that it's just harder when it's, you know, if you're making a bolognese, um, you know, but even for that, we just have the tomato sauce on this for him and everyone else gets the bolognese. Right. Now, what would you, what's um, some advice for someone that says maybe they have someone in their family that has a gluten sensitivity, they can't have gluten, but everyone else, you know, they're eating pasta. So what advice could you give that person? Yeah. I mean, it, look, it, it, it's definitely cooking two different kinds of pasta, you know, or my husband will sometimes just not want the gluten. So he'll just eat like, like the sauce. I'll make a hearty sauce. Um, I think it's just like in our day and age, it's so much easier um, with companies like a Siete where they're making just really high quality gluten-free substitution products. Um, but, you know, we also eat a very like plant-based diet in our house. So we, you know, just lots of fruits and vegetables, legumes, um, we, you know, we don't necessarily always have to have um, something with gluten or an animal protein. Yeah. And that's a great point too, for those, you know, wondering, gee, do I have to make two meals? Then like you said, so many great options. There's gluten-free pasta, pasta made from chickpeas and different things so that the whole family, even if you don't have a gluten sensitivity, can still eat a gluten-free meal. Yeah. And, and meal prep. Meal prep is like your best friend in things like this. On Sundays, I make a huge thing of chicken or fish and beans and roast vegetables and pasta or rice or a grain. And then like we can mix and match. Like that's a big thing for us for, you know, lunches and, you know, just different days in the week when the kids are like come home starving and then they can just kind of mix and match different foods. Um, and that, that becomes like a real time saver, you know, and that kind of busy Monday to Friday. Great advice. And now I know you do a lot of lunches, like school lunches for your kids. I see that all the time on Instagram. And so what are some of your kids' favorite lunches that you make for them? So my daughter, my, my youngest daughter, she gets a bento box. So it's sent at room temperature um, or, you know, cold with an ice pack. So she loves like sushi sandwiches where you just roll out a piece of bread and you put like whipped cream cheese and olive tapenade or sun butter and jam and you roll it up into like little sushi pieces. Um, we, we, I also do a lot of like Mediterranean type lunches for her. She really loves like cheese and crackers and olives and some kind of like strawberries, cucumbers, like where she, it's more of like a picking lunch. My middle daughter, I send her, she loves a hot lunch. So I have a thermos and I will either, so funny, I'm like really telling all the, all the trade secrets. She loves, um, 
uh, like gyoza. So I'll heat her up gyoza, like wontons. Filled oh, with I was going to say, what is gyoza? Sorry, I'm really getting, I know I'm really getting fancy here, but honestly, it's like, I keep, I'm not even joking. Trader Joe's, Trader Joe's is your best friend. They okay. have, she loves these. Um, and then I'll put like a whole cucumber and fruit or she, you know, she doesn't even really want like sweet snacks. Um, or I'll make lots of, I free, I make and freeze a lot of chili or soups and I individually freeze them and then I'll warm them up and put them in her thermos. So it's like, it's super simple, no brainer. Such a great, uh, great tip to freeze chili or soup individually, because I think that's, I, I've, I'm guilty. I've done it where I'm like, I'm going to freeze this this soup and it's an entire block by the time I I thought I'm like, what in the world was I thinking? What happened? And we don't freeze in plastic. This is another yeah. one. We freeze only in glass and a lot of people say, oh my gosh, doesn't it explode? The trick to freezing in glass is filling it three quarters of the way full so that it can expand. Um, so that's, you know, get some, you can get some really good like ball jars and it kind of good jars. Totally. Yeah. That's a great tip. So Getting into meal prep, um, meal prep 101. For someone that is very new to it, wants to kind of dip their toes into this, what advice can you give? Oh my gosh, so many things. I mean, that's what like meal prep magic is my new cookbook. And that's what it's really all about is being able to have those kind of strategies where you do cook ahead. Um, the book is actually broken up instead of breakfast, lunch, dinner, dessert, it's broken up by the, from the things that I use most often in my family. So there's a chapter with eggs, there's a chapter uh, for tofu, there's a chapter for canned beans. Um, so smart. Protein. Yeah, because you don't, like when you have something in your house, like the idea is like really saving money by you using what you already have in your house, opposed to like going out and buying everything every week. Um, so stocking up on 10 foods that are, that you just, they, you can keep for weeks. It's not, you don't, you don't have to like get fresh chicken every time. Right. So like if I had a bunch of rice, I'd be like, okay, I need a bunch of recipes for rice. Exactly. So you're going to make brown rice cakes. So we make a ton of brown rice cakes. Um, there's different variations, but the basic is just cooked rice, eggs, mozzarella, and you make them into these little patties and they're crispy outside and tender inside. And they're one of my kids' favorites. And it's three ingredients. And they're oh my gosh. really delish. Okay. Meal prep magic, you guys. Be on the lookout. It's coming out. So uh, what about food containers? What kind of tips can you give for that? I mean, I use glass. Glass to me, I mean, I'm, I just still wonder and worry about the plastic and microwaving plastic. Um, there's a bunch of companies I like. I love Wean Green is one of them because they have all different shaped glass containers. It's tempered glass. So you can literally like drop it on the floor and it'll bounce. Um, oh. And the silicone lids have different colors. Uh, so we I, that's how I store any kind of berries, leftover food, they, because they come in the different containers. And you can even use blue tape or a white um, chalk marker to write what it is. You can put a date on it if you want. Um, but it, it's also like, I have this big thing. I need a sense of calm in my kitchen. And if I have 100 containers, like all thrown in my refrigerator, 
greater. I, I, it's truly like visually overwhelming for me. So I tried to have everything very coordinated in that way. And the same thing with like cucumbers. I have a cucumber box because my kids just like come and eat cucumbers like they're apples. Um, and so I have like a, a container in the refrigerator for that. So there's different like for drinks, for lettuce. I keep everything compartmentalized just so it's more visually um, like aesthetically pleasing. No, I 100% agree. And my husband thinks I'm crazy because I'll chop carrots and I'll put them, I have these weck jars too. And I'll put them in the weck jars with like some water and like, like you were saying, berries. And it has to like look, if you open the fridge, I want to see them versus like just packed away somewhere and you'll eat them like you're more apt if you see food that's cooked or prepared somehow you're like oh wait a minute that's what i want because it's ready to go so yes does it take time to go to the farmers market and meal prep on sundays absolutely but once it becomes like your religion and you know that you feel better monday through saturday because you take the time to do it whatever day of the week you prefer for me it's sunday you just you just feel better because you're making better choices during the week. Yeah, and you feel like a sense of just something lifted off your shoulders even if it's nothing I want to, you know, it's just the small little things that just kind of make your day and your week go a lot smoother. Oh my god. Uh, it's all about the feeling. I'm telling you, in this like busy life we are living just to have a sense of calm and the kitchen, I know you know this, the kitchen is where we spend the majority of our time. Multiple studies point to a link between dehydration and a higher risk of anxiety and depression. And if you have low levels of electrolytes, it can cause anxiety or panic-like symptoms. Some of the most common causes of electrolyte imbalance are due to fluid loss. Adding electrolytes is a great way to replenish and rebalance your body, mind, and mood. However, most electrolyte drink mixes contain added gums, sugars, colors, and even added oils. I'm really picky about what goes into my body. So that's why I choose Elements Raw Unflavored Electrolyte Mix. Elements Unflavored Version contains a science-backed electrolyte ratio of salt, magnesium, and potassium. Those three simple ingredients are in their raw unflavored packs. So whether you just finished a workout, sauna session, or just need to hydrate for your mental health. Element is formulated to help anyone with their electrolyte needs and is perfectly suited for those following a keto, low-carb, vegan, or paleo diet. And right now, Element is offering my listeners a free sample pack with any purchase. That's eight single-serving packets free with any Element order. Element also has a no questions asked refund policy. So if you try it, don't like it, they will give you your money back guaranteed, no questions asked. So you have nothing to lose. Just go to drinklmnt.com slash digest to get this amazing offer things are just getting more expensive with the prices of just inflation and everything going up. And there's the argument that it's just too expensive to do X, Y, and Z and meal prep and just buy all of the things. Like it's just easier to buy whatever, something pre-made, which 
I beg to argue that's still not true, right? Well, because they're charging you. Like anytime you make something pre-made, not only are you buying the ingredient, you're paying for the labor, the time that it took someone else to prepare it. And generally, you're not going to get the portion sizes also that you would want. So I would dare to say I'm I'm on your team here that I think that it's much less expensive um, to make a big slow cooker full of red lentil chili than it is to go buy the cute little pint-sized cup that costs six, eight dollars. Yeah, for sure. What are um some money-saving tips that you can just pass on? Yeah, I mean, I I you know, anytime you're it depends where you're shopping. I think that money like thinking, I know that there are certain groceries that are more convenient, like a Whole Foods. But Costco and Trader Joe's are your best friends because they have the best turnover, the volume that they're selling on a daily basis. So it also makes your food fresher. Um, If you're also looking to save money and time, your local farmer's market, because you can buy the exact amount you need. And because it's picked immediately, it's not, it's going to stay fresher longer in your refrigerator. Um, So, you know, instead of you buy a thing of fresh herbs and you're like, why did they die in two days? You know, I try try to buy herbs that will literally last me for two weeks because of the way that they were picked. Um, And, you know, instead of going out for your coffee or going out for your egg McMuffin, being able to make them at home, like there's a recipe um, in, in the new cookbook and meal prep magic for burritos. So I make a ton of burritos, roll them up and put them in the freezer so that I can grab them, you know, for the kids for breakfast, they'll eat them for breakfast or dinner. Um, so really just every food that you have, looking at it holistically, looking at the volume and being committed that you're not going to have any waste in your house. I, I, I mean, we we save a lot of money looking at that way. We we eat in 20 meals and we go out one meal a week. And it seems kind of crazy, but it it's, I mean, we, we, we've gotten to the point where we're like, we don't even like the flavor of a lot of restaurants. The food just never really tastes as fresh or as it should be. Oh, I 100% agree. Like my husband and I will, will, will be like, mm, do we want to go out to dinner? And we're like, like, we just like home cooked meals. It just tastes better and, and it's fun. And, um, so that those are great tips. And I love the freezer burrito idea. And, you know, if you do make a, a crock pot chicken one night, the leftover chicken can be thrown into that burrito. I mean, so many great, you know, and I feel like a lot of people, maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but they think that frozen veggies or frozen fruit is not as nutritious, but sometimes it's it's more nutritious. Yeah, well, you nailed it because you, you're talk about money saving tips. Like if you can't afford, um, we were up in the mountains and there was just no fresh berries period the end. And I was like, frozen berries are your best friend. They're picked at the peak of perfection. Um, and you're going to get more volume and weight than you will with fresh. And you can generally utilize them in very similar ways. Like even when I have yogurt, I like to put frozen berries in instead of fresh. It's just, I I, I like it. And sometimes they have more nutrition. Yeah. And again, going back to smoothies, great, great thing to add to your smoothies. Frozen berries don't, don't even need to freeze them yourself. Oh, <laughs> frozen. 
It's the best. And even when you do, we, we freeze, like we have a passion fruit vine in our yard and we get a thousand passion fruits a season. I mean, they just like drop like grenades and we freeze the pulp and we add it to our smoothies. Um, so we just like freeze them in little, in little freezer cubes. And we put them in stasher bags and I just pop out two cubes every day to pop it in my smoothie. Oh my gosh. Those are great tips. And again, on the topic of freezing, so meal prep, Obviously, freezing is probably your best friend. Oh, I mean, my my freezer is quite quite filled, but I'm I, I'm very conscious of what's in it. So, like we because you and I are both we really going back to the smoothies. Everything's going back to yeah. the we have because we go through we have so much frozen fruit. We have shoe bins, and it's like berry shoe bin, mango tropical shoe bin, and they're plastic shoe bins, and that's where I keep um, a lot of our frozen. Uh, fruits and vegetables, because then instead of like throwing all the frozen bags in, and then you're like, I can't find anything. Um, frozen, sh- frozen, I mean, shoe bins are perfect because they're plastic. You can put blue tape or you can label them. Um, it's, it's just really easy. I mean, I try to take out almost everything out of my freezer when it comes in packaged and put it into glass jars or the shoe bins or, you know, whatever, just so I can see it better. Wow. I'm going to steal that tip. Cause that's a, Great tip. If I'm looking for something tropical and where do I go? Oh, tropical shoe bin. (laughs) (laughs) Seems a little awkward saying it like that, right? But (laughs) yeah, but you should, yeah, freezing everything. I mean, freezing, you can freeze. I mean, I have frozen waffles, frozen pancakes, and I use them like bread. I mean, instead of if I, because often I don't have bread, um, I'll, I'll just take two pancakes out and put, um, you know, some kind of like peanut butter and sun butter, whipped cream cheese, or dozen different spreads, and then put them together and they're pancake sandwiches and they're delicious. Oh my goodness. You are just full of great inventive ideas. I, I also want to talk a little bit about baby food. Now, obviously your kids are a little bit uh, older now, but for someone that it maybe wants to make their own baby food you know, then it's obviously a lot cheaper as I feel and a lot more nutritious. So what are some tips? Oh my gosh. Tip number one is feed your baby. Feed your baby (laughs) homemade food. Do not, I mean, talk about a cost saving. It is so much less expensive to make homemade baby food. And Sometimes it's a mashed banana or a mashed avocado or a mashed sweet potato, like heaven, peas, frozen peas. Mm -hmm. Um, You don't have to make a ton of baby food at a time um, just by, you know, all you need to do often is just steaming or cook or smashing something that you're already eating um, and buy seasonal. So instead of, you know, buying strawberries in January, you know, making sure that you're doing butternut squash in October or November um, or <laughs> going through my head, what, what else do we have? But any kind of like seasonal produce, it's just, it's really important. Um, and a lot of People, you know, try a combination of home of baby food and baby led weaning. So let your baby eat what you're eating as long as there isn't a lot of sh- uh, sugar or salt in it. Right. And make sure it's not super spicy and all that good stuff. I don't know. I mean, it's funny you say that because like my um, my seven year old loves heat. Actually, all my kids now love heat. But like from a very young age, she lived for pickled jalapenos. No uh, kidding. I think it's it's actually funny you said that because one of my other friends who um, is a chef, 
uh, she was making broth for her one year old. She was making broccoli with um, chili flakes the other day, and I was like, I like this. Yes, wow. so I think it is important to have that kind of exposure and eat it with them. If they're gonna, if you're gonna do broccoli with chili flakes, you eat it and show how much you love it, and like and say it's got a little spicy. Like just showing kids that you know foods. It's okay for them to taste briny, umami, um, sweet, tart, like whatever it is, um, teaching them that those are also delicious. That's actually, it's a great tip to, and also eat with them. And I, I beg to argue too, that you can puree, I, I had to do this for my personal healing journey, but you can puree chicken, you can puree rice and just blend it up. That's basically what you're buying at the store anyways, if you're buying, you know, a protein baby food. Totally. Absolutely. And then just have something that like a sweet potato that kind of like can stick to it a little bit. And it's, it's, it's okay. Like let them have a little mess. Let your child from a young age, hold their own spoon. Don't feel like you have to make them passive eaters by feeding them. Let them be active eaters. Let them, you know, put a lot of sticky rice on their plate or tray and let them touch it and feel it and lick it. And it, this exposure is, is a really important time for food that, you know, often the parents overlook. Yeah. And then again, going back to smoothies, smoothies are a great baby food, right? The best. And it actually, it encourages early talking because they're working the oral muscles of their mouth, trying to suck it with a straw. Um, So so that's like a really big one. And you can get so much nutrition. Talk about getting greens and cauliflower and beets and, you know, any kind of fruits or vegetables that you're like, oh, I don't think my child's going to like this. If it's in a smoothie, I would say nine out of 10, I will see kids just sucking them down. Now, do you add a protein powder to your smoothies? It, it depends every day. I mean, we do nuts or hemp seeds, chia seeds. Um, we do a lot of collagen peptides. Um, there's a few companies that I like their, the protein powders. So I, I do it very, like my daughters love my chocolate peanut butter smoothie. It's literally like cocoa powder. So mm-hmm. no sugar and peanut butter and banana, um, milk, collagen peptides, hemp seeds, chia seeds, you know, just dump it all in there. And it's, I, I'm sure, you know, you, and I, I actually, I'm going to ask you this question, like blender, what kind of blender do you have a favorite that you like? I definitely have a favorite. I have some varieties, but for me, my choice is the Vitamix. Yeah. A lot. That's what I, I mean. A lot of people. And the reason being, I'm going to assume is just, it purees it really, really well. It's honestly, it does the best. I do have a blend tech as well. And the the twister jar one, that's great for like making your own nut butters and things. What blender do you use typically? I, I I have a, I I got a lot of blenders. I, because I, I, when I wrote the book, I was like, I want to try all of them. Um, I love the KitchenAid ProLine series. It has a square base. So it's great for making nice cream, like ice cream, ice cream. Um, I love the, I have a Vitamix. I like, I like my blend tech. I like my Nutribullet, believe it. Like if, if you're looking to save money and you're really only making the smoothie for one, I think mm-hmm. the Nutribullet's really good. But it's it, probably great for babies too. Totally. And I always say it's like, it's like a car. Like if you're, there's a reason people buy Porsche because it's the motor. It's like, it's, it's, so when you're doing smoothies, like if you have a, a blender that, you know, costs $39, it's going to act, you're going to have some chunks in it. There's going to be some little pieces. If you invest in a, you know, a 
one of the ones we mentioned, the motors are just stronger. The blade is stronger. And that's why people always be like, how come your smoothie is so nice and smooth and creamy? I'm like, it's the blender. It, it really is the blender. And like you said, it, you're probably not going to have to uh, replace that blender. So it, it does save you money in the long run, as well as just all the money you're going to be saving by making food at home. Totally. hundred percent. Yeah. And even this is another important point. Invest in cool cups for smoothies or for coffee or for like, if you're going to take your lunch to work, because if you have a tray or a container, like there's something about that Starbucks cup that people just love that cup. You know, they want that, that it's that feeling. So I always say like invest in, if you want to make coffees, hopefully with not too much sugar and stuff in them, but like buy yourself a cup that you're like, oh, I love it. It's my cup. It feels so good. It's weighty. It's the right volume. Maybe it has a straw, whatever you love. No, that's a great tip. That kind of same uh, thinking as like workout clothes. Like if you're going to work out, get excited to put on those workout clothes. Totally. If Lululemon is your brand and it makes your tush look cute, you <laughs> you invest in it because yeah. that, that cute tush, it's got to get to the gym or get outside to work out. So however you're going to ha- make it happen. I love it. And then also just one more thing, just thinking about baby food. Can you, assuming freeze the baby food. And that way you're busy moms, right? You don't have to make fresh baby food every single day. Yeah, no, I I always froze. I I would say make double, whether you're cooking for your family on a weekend for the week, if you're making homemade baby food, always double. Um, And you can have these little freezer cubes. You can freeze it however you want. But the one important point is to try to refrigerate it overnight or defrost it safely because when you're feeding your baby, you don't want to burn their mouth. Mm-hmm. Great tip. Yeah. It happens. Well, I'm so excited for your new book, Meal Prep Magic. And where can people find you? Pimp yourself out. What's your social? All that good stuff. So across the board, it's Weelicious. So on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Pinterest, all Weelicious. Uh, Meal Prep Magic, you can find at your favorite bookseller. And for anyone who wants um, easy meals right to their front door with real ingredients, it's onepotato.com or one potato box. Thank you so much, Catherine. I love it. I love talking to you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Digest This. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review in your podcast app to let us know. If you're ever wondering how you can support me and this podcast, sharing it with your friends and family is the best way. This is a Resonant Media production produced by Drake Peterson and edited by Chris McCone. To email the show, message us at digestthispod at gmail.com. See you next time. The content of this show is for educational and informational purposes only. It is not a substitute for individual medical and mental health advice and does not constitute a provider-patient relationship. As always, talk to your doctor or health team first. Looking to build a more robust foundation in your health and well-being? From the producer of Digest This comes one of the most popular alternative health shows on Apple Podcasts, The Dr. Tina Show. Dr. Tina Moore is a naturopathic physician and chiropractor, traditionally and alternatively trained in science and medicine. The show features exclusive interviews with experts such as Sean Stevenson, Mike Mutzel, Mark Groves, and even solo episodes covering metabolic health, pharmaceuticals, chronic diseases, long hauler syndrome, and pain management. 
Dr. Tina delivers the information in a no-nonsense, real-world style. And she has the science to back it up. The Dr. Tina Show is edgy, entertaining, and informative. Every episode will leave you with a new pearl of health wisdom to expand your knowledge base. When you're empowered, you can do better for yourself, your family, and your community. Resilience is the name of the game, and Dr. Tina is here to guide you on your way. Listen to The Dr. Tina Show today on your favorite podcast app. New episodes every Wednesday. Produced by Drake Peterson and Resident Media.